Hey, everybody. Uh, Jacob Suntrum, the managing editor at fearthefin.com. Going to answer some questions about tonight's game between the Sharks and the Capitals. That game's going to be at 7.30 on the usual spot. That's at Comcast, California. Uh, NBCSN did not decide to pick this up because of this new thing called college basketball, which I hear is pretty popular in the United States of America. Uh, tonight will feature the debut game for Yannick Hansen, who will finally be allowed to play in the United States of America. Uh, uh, so that's the good news. Uh, the Sharks are going to, other than Yannick Hansen, are going to be playing with the same lineup as they played with against the Winnipeg Jets. Marcus Sorensen is going to be the casualty for the addition of Yannick Hansen. Uh, Sorensen is out of the lineup. Uh, so Hansen's going to play on the top line with the Joes. Melker Carlson moves down to the fourth line. He's going to play with Chris Tierney and Michael Haley. Uh, so that means we're going to have a, the same second and third line as we saw against the Jets uh, with you know, the Bodker-Kutcher-Marlow um, Bodker line and the Hurdle uh, and Ward line uh, with Eunice Donskoy. Uh, top line will be the Joes with Yannick Hansen. The fourth line will be Tierney with Michael Haley and Melker Carlson. Um, so Yannick Hansen gets his, gets the chance to play on the top line, which I think has as much to do with, uh, helping out the Joes as it does with anything else. Um, they're looking for somebody who can replace Tomas Hurdle on that top line because they really want to play Hurdle on the, on the third line to the third line center, which I think makes sense. That's really what makes the Sharks, you know, their most effective uh, they they want to be able to play Tierney on the fourth line, which I think also makes sense. Um, who's on my shark sweater back there? I believe that's that's my Danny Heatley sweater, my uh, my motherfucking all star Danny Heatley sweater. Uh, don't judge. Uh, we all make mistakes when we're young. Uh, I do have a Joe Pavelski sweater around here somewhere, which was a much much wiser decision at an older age. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we've been having some Wi-Fi problems around here, which I can only blame on uh, poor uh, infrastructure in the area. So hopefully that does not continue. Uh, the Joes, you know, Joe Pavelski and Joe Thornton. I, I feel like we're comfortable knowing who the Joes are these days. They've been around on the team for a very long time. I think we know, uh, we know, we know who that is. Uh, so yeah, it'll be uh, Janet Hansen, uh, Janet Hansen with a. Uh, Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski on the top line tonight. They're going to be facing a very, very good Washington Capitals team that uh, is obviously not not just a good possession team, but is also a team that is extremely good uh, at special teams. Uh, they have one of the best power plays, obviously, year in, year out. They also have a very good penalty kill, which uh, is kind of a moot point against the Sharks, which has had a very mediocre power play situation all year long. Um I know I'm preaching to the choir there. The Sharks have not really attempted to do anything differently on the uh, power play all season. That's not going to change with Yannick Hansen being added to the team. Uh, he does not play in the power play, so you don't expect anything crazy to happen in that regard. Um, LeBanc being sent down before Sorensen is, I think, kind of an interesting decision. Um, I think it's a mistake. 
I think the thought process with that is that Sorensen has a higher uh, a higher floor than LeBanc right now because he's an older player. He's 24. He's more developed. And so I understand that. Uh, LeBanc obviously has a higher ceiling than Sorensen does. I think what Sorensen is now is a more polished player. I also don't think that he's going to get as much higher than this. Um, and so I understand that. I think that right now what they want is to kind of reestablish LeBanc's confidence level. I think that's um, I have mixed feelings on that because I'm not really sure how much that's actually going to happen by sending him down to the Barracuda. I think the best way to develop a young player uh, who's kind of peaked, uh, you know, hit his high level uh, at the AHL is to have him play at the NHL level. That's just my opinion, though. I think that that's the same situation for Timo Meyer. Um, obviously, the Sharks disagree. Um, I think that's fair enough. You know, that's just a difference of opinion. And I know that there are other Sharks riders that don't see it the same way. So... Uh, if we're up to me, I think Timo Meyer and LeBanc, or at least one of those guys, would be up with the Sharks right now just because I think that ice time in the NHL is very valuable. And that's not a knock on what on Roy Sommer or, you know, or on the development you know, um, that they can get with the Barracuda. I just think that NHL ice time is very, very valuable. Um, I just don't think Sorensen is, is a very good player. Um, I think he's fine. Um, he's not as good as LeBanc. He's certainly not as good as Meyer. Uh, He's better than Haley, I think, um, but only marginally so. Uh, so, you know, while I think that I would rather have Sorensen in the lineup than Haley right now, I don't think he's uh, much of an upgrade over Haley. I really don't. Um, you know, I know he had that goal, and that's great. Um, he also played very poorly against the Jets. I mean, he had um, a few uh, very, very high-profile mistakes, and I think that's the reason that you see Haley in the, um, in the lineup right now. Uh, tonight because uh, Sorensen had those high-profile mistakes against the Jets. I know that that uh, Sorensen skated on the fourth line yesterday in practice, and you know um, whether there was a decision that was made between that practice and now to play Haley, or if Haley was always going to play and they just wanted to get Sorensen the practice time, I, I have no idea. Um, you know, was not the practice, wasn't able to ask the board anything. I, I really have not the foggiest idea. Um, no idea. Um, so that's just my take on it. I just, I just would rather see some of these guys develop a little bit more with the Sharks than, than to have this uh, back and forth between the Barracuda and the Sharks. For some of the guys, for guys like um, Danny O'Regan, I think it's smart to leave him with the Barracuda all year because I just don't think he's ready yet to, to be with the Sharks. But for a guy like Meyer and LeBanc who are just really tearing it up with the Barracuda, I feel like they've got nothing more to prove in the AHL. And I think that they can help the Sharks right now, even if they're not doing it on the score sheet. I think guys like LeBanc and uh, Meyer are, are helping the team in other ways, even if they're not scoring. And and my thing is that, okay, so they're not scoring. Um, Michael Haley's not scoring either. So clearly, you know, you see value in a guy like that in ways other than scoring. So let's not, let's not move the goalposts. Um, clearly we're able to evaluate guys and say, Hey, this guy adds value in a way other than scoring. So let's not say that, a guy like Meyer is only able to help in scoring uh, because he's not. He helps in ways other than just scoring. So let's 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 not say that the goalposts are different for different guys because they're not. That's that's ridiculous. And if that's the kind of way that you're building a team, I think you're you're building a team incorrectly. That's me. Uh, there are other guys on the team that can punch people in the face. Brendan Dillon's perfectly willing to punch people in the face. And I think that uh, if we were really worried about having people to punch in the face, other people to punch in the face, we shouldn't have traded Tommy Wingles. Had one of those guys.
Um, and I also think that uh, it's it's kind of unfair to Haley to say that that's the only reason he sticks around because he is good at other stuff other than other than just uh, you know the the grindy fighter type stuff. I mean, he's he is um, certainly uh, fills other roles better than other fighters the Sharks have had in the past. I mean, I, I know that that's not what you guys are saying, but he certainly is a much much better NHL player than you know the Mike Brown or uh, John Scott or any of those guys that the Sharks have had to fill that role in recent years. Um, so, but, um, I also don't think the Sharks need a guy that, uh, that can fill that role. I really don't. Um, I don't think that that's proven to help the Sharks at all. Um, and anything has proven to be a detriment to the Sharks in recent, recent games, if anything. Um, I don't think Donskoy has dropped off a lot this season at all. Um, he's scoring, uh, goal-wise at the exact same rate as he was last year. His goals per game, I think it's like 0.14, and um, I think that's exactly the same rate it was last year. I know his assist numbers are down, which I would guess is um, uh, because other guys aren't scoring because, you know, the Sharks have scored less this season, which I attribute more to bad luck than to anything else. I think Donskoy has played well. Um, I think he's gotten less opportunities with the Couture line than he did last year would be my hunch. I haven't looked into it too much because I think that there's not really a whole lot to the idea that he's played worse than last year. So... It's just me. Uh, I think the Flames are fine, a fine team. They've definitely gotten a lot better. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that the Flames have a much better coach than they did before. Bob Hartley is one of the worst coaches in the NHL or was when he was at the head of the Flames. And so obviously they have a better coach now. Um, and I think that they're gaining the benefits of that. Um, and it's just, you know, uh, maturity. You know, they've got, a re- got some really, really good young players, man. They've got, you know, Dougie Hamilton is good. Kachuk is the real deal. Johnny Gaudreau is the real deal. Um, I think that, you know, it just was going to take some time. Um, you look over the past uh, 25 games, and they've had better possession numbers than the, than the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, they're, they're the real deal in the sense that they are a much better team now than they were a year ago, and they're a much better team now than they were six months ago. Um, are they the real deal in the sense that I would be really concerned if the Sharks drew them in the playoffs? No, not really. Um, I think it's concerning in the sense that this is the kind of team that can upset the Sharks in the first round, absolutely. That being said, this is still a team that the Sharks should be able to handle. Um, You know, what really concerns me, I guess, is that they're a fast team. Um, That being said, I think that if the Sharks overload their top, you know, top six, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that that, they should be too much of a problem. And I think that's really uh, an area where Yannick Hansen can be helpful because the Sharks play him up on the top line and then, you know, use that second line and, you know, have Hurdle on the third line. I just don't really see them being a huge problem for the Sharks um, unless Martin Jones has a really bad series. And that's really the biggest reason why I'm not too worried about the Flames is that their goaltending is, is pretty bad. I know Brian Elliott has played much better lately, but I don't see him as a guy that can steal a series for them. Um, and that's to me is the biggest concern for the Sharks in the playoffs. And it's not really something that the Sharks can control. It's that the Sharks run into a hot goaltender. And that's not something I'm worried about because it's, you know, listen, if the Sharks run into a guy who puts up a 950 and they lose, I'm not upset about that because, you know, it's outside of their control. So, um, uh, thoughts on keeping Dell versus training for more experience back and going to the playoffs. I don't have any problem with it. I think it would have been a total waste of assets on the Sharks part. Um, they already wasted assets in my opinion by going and getting, getting uh, Hanson. And uh, I think the Sharks have shown in the past that they've given up a lot of assets unnecessarily and that's hurt them. Uh, you know, 
and by hurt them, I mean they've had a pretty dry prospect pool for a long time until literally right now. And I think you've seen how much it's helped having some guys in the pool, guys like LeBanc. That's really helped them. Having guys like Meyer has helped them this year. Um, and so I think it's good that they chose not to go out and blow, you know. Just listen, those those second-round picks, those third-round picks matter. Those, those are important pieces. And uh, I think it's important that they decided to hold on to hold on to those picks. Uh, and and just roll with Dow. Listen, the guy's got the best even strength save percentage in the NHL right now among goalies with at least 500 minutes played. I don't know what else the guy's got to do for you in order to tell you that he's an okay backup. Uh, he's got great AHL numbers, which are the greatest indication that we have right now, you know, in terms of just a number standpoint to tell you that the guy's going to hack it in the NHL. Um, and listen, I know that that doesn't replace scouting and it doesn't replace, you know, uh, a good goalie coach, but I'll take that over whatever it is that Doug Wilson will tell you because the dude has not shown at any point in his career that he is a capable evaluator of goaltending talent. Doug Wilson is not a good goalie evaluator. He's never he's never done it before. He has never been good at it. So I'll take I'll take my hunch and uh, and my statistics over whatever the dude tells tells me because he, he just hasn't proven to have a good track record doing it. Um, so, you know, until somebody somebody other than Doug Wilson, like an actual goalie scouts, will tell me differently, uh, you know, I, I'd say it's they, they made the right decision. Um, you know, I, I don't know about Pete DeBoer sending the kids down to the AHL being a sign that he's losing losing faith in them. I, I am skeptical of the, the general notion that Pete DeBoer is good at handling youth in general uh, based on his time in New Jersey and based on his time here, but I, I also wouldn't go as far as to say that he doesn't have uh that he doesn't have faith in the in the kids that he has um just because I don't want to put words in his mouth you know I know that you know the in my opinion you know right actions speak louder than words right and the fact that he's playing Haley over LeBanc or Haley over the Meyer that that to me speaks volumes and I think that's disappointing um at the same time I think the biggest litmus test is going to be what happens come playoff time Listen, if Peter Boer plays Haley over Meyer or Haley over LeBanc or whatever in the playoffs, to me, that gets close to being a fireable offense because that's just impossibly bad coaching because it just is. There's there's no excuse for it. Um, that being said, it hasn't happened yet, you know, and there's still still time and there's still, I think, margin for error here where I can at least see the side where he's saying, I want them to play more minutes. I don't think that they're ready to handle more NHL minutes, and I think it's more valuable for them to play with the Barracuda. And I, I at least can understand that side of it. So I want to temper, you know, the the overreaction that that I, I at least understand from a fan's perspective. So I think we'll, I'm in the wait and see camp. Um, but listen, come playoff time, if that's what he's gonna do, then there's no more excuses for Pete DeBoer. There won't be any. Um, that that's just the way it is. So, I don't know, and we'll see. And uh, it has nothing to do with who I would rather see than Hanson. It just has everything to do with asset management. I think Doug Wilson has in the past done a, an extremely good job in drafting and a very good job, generally speaking, in fr uh, free agency. I just think he's done a very poor job in managing the draft picks the Sharks have when it comes to trades. I just don't think he's done a very good job with that. And I think that that's come to fruition in the fact that the Sharks have given away picks um, a little willy-nilly, and it's, it's ended up with the Sharks having a very bare cupboard, and I think that's hurt them. 
Um, whereas a team like Chicago has done a very good job at holding on to its assets. And I think that's what's allowed them to kind of sustain this little dynasty that they've had, despite the fact that we're playing in a salary cap league. I think that's really more what I'm getting at. Um, um, you know, I think that, uh, so asking if there are any moves that would have improved the Sharks based on what was available, I think, um, I liked the 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 Eves move that the Ducks made. I think that was a nice incremental improvement. Um, but frankly, I think that there was there was very little the Sharks could have done that would have really pushed them forward more than what they already had. Because I have a lot of faith in the in the kids that the Sharks have right now. Um, you know, and that to me is more says more about where how much I value guys like Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc than it does anything else. And I think that says more about how much I value the the picks and the assets that the Sharks already had. So um, I also liked guys like Vanek. Um, I think they could have, the Sharks could have gotten it, got somebody like that for cheaper. Um, but, you know, so it is. Um, man, I, uh, to be honest with you, I haven't even looked at, at free agency for next year. And I don't think that's going to be a big area for the Sharks because, um, uh, because the Sharks have so many kids that are going to be coming up and fighting for roster spots. So to me, uh, Thornton and Marlowe are going to be the big targets. Uh, and it's just going to matter, depend on if they, if they resign them. And I think that they will, I'm assuming they come at, at one or two year deals. Um, and then building the roster around that. Uh, you know, I know that the impending Tavares free agency, which is next year, but the year after that is also going to be kind of a central thing. Um, so, uh, but I, I really think that, you know, knowing that Meyer is coming, LeBanc is coming, Daniel Regan is, is kind of in the wings, that all of those uh, will kind of take the Sharks out of free agency quite quite a bit. And especially knowing that Hansen is now a guy that uh, is signed for next year. Um, you know, I, I don't really I don't really see the Sharks being a big factor in free agency unless there are other moves made. Um even with the expansion draft coming up, I mean, the Sharks already have their entire defensive core re-signed. Um, I mean, there are a bunch of, you know, RFAs that are coming up. You know, Chris Tierney's an RFA. Mocha Carlson's an RFA. Donskoy's an RFA. Sorensen's an RFA. Uh, so those are things that they'll have to take care of. But other than that, I mean, Couture, Pavelski, Bodker, uh, Hurdle, you know, Ward, those are all guys that are, that are already under contract. Um, so I don't really see, don't really see them being a factor without Doug Wilson having to make some other moves. Um, uh, and I think that Dell does get quite a bit more game time. And I think Pete DeBoer has, and I don't think I know Pete DeBoer has been on record as saying, uh, as saying that uh, there are a handful of back-to-backs that are coming up that um, that that he'll certainly get. And I think even down over this stretch, I know that he, well, I don't know. I believe that he'll get the start against Dallas, um, Dallas on Sunday. That's the weaker of the two games. Uh, cause, uh, I assume that, well, Jones is definitely getting the start tonight against Washington. And I believe he'll get the start against Nashville. That's the better of the two games. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Dell also get the start on Tuesday against Buffalo. Um, and then give Jones St. Louis and Anaheim, uh, and then there's a back to back at Dallas, Minnesota to give Dell the Dallas game. Uh, 
So and then another Dallas-Nashville back-to-back, give Dell the Dallas game. Then you get New York and then an Edmonton-Calgary back-to-back and give Dell the Calgary game there. So um, and then two Vancouver games, you give Dell one of those. Edmonton-Calgary to wrap up the season. So, I mean, that's, that's a bunch of games that I think Dell Del can get down the stretch here um, before we start getting into the playoff time. So my hunch is he gets a bunch of action which is good news for Jones, who has played well, and good news for Dow, who has also played, I think, quite well. Um, so uh, that is my hunch. So we got anything else? This has been a good 20-minute run where I haven't had to make anything up so far. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. Game time is at 7.30. That's in three hours and 19 minutes at CSN California. We'll have a game thread up at 7 o'clock. That'll have lines and everything in it. Uh, like I said, Hansen is in, up with the Joes. Sorensen is out. So that fourth line will be Haley, Tierney, and Carlson. Second and third lines remain unchanged. Schlemko is out again. Dylan DeMello will continue to skate in his stead with Brendan Dillon. So it'll be Dylan in DeMello. All right, guys, always a pleasure. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. Follow the Fear the Fin account on Twitter at Fear the Fin. Always a pleasure, guys. The website is www.fearthefin.com. You don't even have to type in www anymore. I can't believe I keep saying that. I feel like an old man. Thanks for listening and for watching.